2: Coach Joyce here, I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for all our friends, our family, and our loyal listeners worldwide. And get ready for a great show today. Technical (laughs) difficulty. Folks, I am really honored and humbled to say that we have with us today Rabbi Eric Greenberg and Father Brian McWheeney. They talk about the significance of Passover, Good Friday, and Easter. Hear about the connectivity of these highly significant holidays and also how they differ. This highly informative show promises to be interesting and entertaining. I just want to make special note here that this is the most significant time for the rabbi and father brian and they took broke time away from their extraordinary busy schedule to be with us so as i said i'm very honored and humbled let me bring on father brian first Uh, He is the Director of Ecumenical Affairs and Interreligious Activities for the Archdiocese of New York. How grateful I am, Father Brian, that every year you join us on these most, most significant days. Welcome.
3: Uh, Thank you. It's good to be with you, Joyce, and and with Rabbi, uh, my dear friend, because uh, this is a very sacred time of the year for uh, the three major phases uh, will soon be uh, in the period of Ramadan uh, after Easter, but it, it's very close uh, because this is a time of year in which we're talking about uh, growth and new, new hopes and things like this uh, when we see the, the, uh, the flowers budding for the first time uh, this year.
2: I just want to share now who Rabbi Eric Greenberg is, and believe me, I could go on and on about both these extraordinary men of faith. Uh, But just a brief note, he is a leading interfaith expert, communications and program director, and an international award-winning reporter. He's had meetings with three Roman Catholic popes. So I love that they're interfaith. I love that they're friends, brothers in faith. So Rabbi Eric, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you very much, and, and it's a uh, it's a real privilege to be with you, Brian, as well. Uh, you, you're, it's, today is Good Friday. Uh, we're preparing tonight as uh, the first Seder of Passover, and uh, here we get to talk a little bit and and exchange views and the closeness of our two faiths.
2: Well, I think the first miracle of these holidays that I have both of you here. I consider it a major blessing and a miracle. Father Brian, why don't you start off wherever you wish?
3: Well, uh, when we were talking before, uh, you asked me to make some reference to uh, the terrible tragedy in Paris of the uh, partial loss of Notre Dame, uh, Cathedral de Paris. And uh, certainly it has touched uh, everyone. When we look at an edifice that has seen so much history, both religiously and in the uh, civil forum, uh, I think of the beautiful cathedral built 400 years before Columbus even discovered America. Uh, That is so significant. But uh, one of the things that has come out of it, uh, and I'm sure Eric has heard about it as well, uh, we had yesterday, under the leadership of Cardinal Dolan, uh, Mr. Ken Langone, a former founder of uh, Home Depot, and uh, Rabbi Joe Betasnik, a great interreligious. religious uh, and philanthropic meeting, which began a program called From St. Patrick's to Notre Dame, where we are gaining funds uh, for the rebuilding of the uh, beautiful cathedral. One of the things uh, that people are unaware of, they know that the French government supports the church, and they were under the mistaken impression that uh, the government was going to pay for the rebuilding of the uh, uh, cathedral, but it is not. Uh, It's certainly supporting it uh, in many, many different ways and financially as well, but certainly uh, most of the money must come from private sources and so we've had some interesting uh, gifts from uh, sheiks in the Middle East and we've had uh, the Jewish community coming forth. Rabbi Schneier was with us yesterday and on behalf of his uh, congregation uh, gave us $10,000 uh, before uh, for the uh, beautiful rebuilding. And R-
4: Rabbi Arthur Schneier? Yes.
3: yes. Terrific. Yes. Wow, great. And, uh, Mr. Langone himself has given $100,000 towards the uh, effort. So, But what is required, I think, more is for each person of faith to think about what Notre Dame means in terms of religion, but also in terms of of culture, you know, what happened. uh, Broadway began at Notre Dame. And what I mean by that is, uh, Joyce, is in the early history of the church, like around the year 1000 or 1100, uh, people did not have literacy. They did not. So how do you get the scriptures over to them? How do you get the stories over to them? And they used to have what we call morality plays in front of uh, Notre Dame. And there would be uh, plays. And that would be, uh, you know, very much a part of uh, the scene today of of entertainment. But it was part of trying to give the people values through the arts. And that's what the Basilica has always been about uh, in terms of the beautiful stained glass windows, in terms of the statuary, in terms of the various aspects. And, of course, uh architecturally, it, uh, it's a masterpiece that was very, very different than any uh, construction that went before it. So it, it, it's a wonderful sign that in this destruction, uh, New York, as well as other places throughout the world, uh, are coming together to support this beautiful uh, work of man. That, but like all works of men, Eric, right? Yeah. Uh, they soon disappear. Uh and we have to always look for the eternal verities. What is what is the foundation of our humanity? Right. And for us the answer is easy, uh, God and his
4: creation.
2: Yeah.
4: You know, on, on I that, heard uh,
2: that within a day over a billion dollars was pledged, over one billion
4: yes. within a day.
2: Yeah.
3: And it's gonna be very what, very what- Expensive.
2: What, what struck me, I just want to say one thing, what struck me was the timing of when it happened, Holy Week when it happened. Any comment about that?
3: Yes, well certainly, when, when we look at, at, like for example today, Good Friday, we commemorate uh, the death of the Lord. Uh, when you look at the destruction of a life, and Realize that in the Christian faith, we feel that that death caused eternity to be open to all humankind. The fact of the matter is, uh, we experience on Palm Sunday and the day following this great destruction. And yet, we, as you mentioned, people are coming forward in the desire to raise up again.
4: Uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, when you say it's so moving, what what, what we're talking about, uh, and, it, and as you say, around the world, there has been this this such a uh, massive uh, response and and uh, sympathies and but also action. Uh, so, my friend, I mean, the, to me, one of the most evoking um, responses has been the uh, the Chief Rabbi of Poland right the fact that there is a chief rabbi in Poland is is uh, after the holocaust is such a it's a miracle itself and uh this week he uh, a friend of mine uh, rabbi uh, shudrick and uh, sent a letter uh to the uh Polish uh, episcopate and and I, I just want to take a second to read it It's just uh the idea that all of the synagogues in 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 Warsaw basically were burned down uh, except for one and so it's, it's, a, it's a community that has seen such suffering. And he writes, um, we, the rabbis, the Union of Polish rabbis, are brokenhearted and grieved by the burning of Notre Dame in Paris. We are grieved that a place of worship for so many centuries, for so many people, has been so badly damaged. We as Jews know what it means to see your house of worship burning. We still fast every year on the anniversary of the burning of the temple in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, which of course relates to both um, uh, both our you know, religions.
2: Right. Um,
4: we here in Poland also remember the burning and destructions of our synagogue during World War II. These experiences have made us very sensitive and aware of the pain and horror of the destruction of any house of worship. We lack words to express, to express our grief and strong sense of solidarity. And in response to that, I should share with you that Archbishop, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Gadecki, G-A-D-E-C-K-I, the head yes. of the Polish Roman Catholic Episcopate, called Rabbi Shudrick and thanked him for his letter and his support. That, to me, is what we're where we are today in yeah. our interfaith relations. We have come a long
3: way, but we still, as you realize, Eric, and we both think, we have a long way to go,
4: too. Yes, sir. Indeed.
2: But what I was saying was I found it so highly significant of a whole year that it happened during Holy Week. Yes. I really felt that, that it was, there was a message in that, that we have to be on our toes all times. And how many tragedies occurred when people deliberately used holiday time to uh, have massacres occur and all of that because They're figuring people would be off guard So that's what it kind of reminded me of I I know it wasn't terrorism But it did remind me of that But
3: you raise a point That uh, I want to uh, Double up on uh, This was an accident Unfortunately um, These accidents Happen a lot With uh, reconstruction Because reconstruction had begun On a section of Notre Dame and uh, the deal was because in that area where the uh, reconstruction was being done, uh, that's where the fire broke out. Uh, we think of our our beloved in New York Central Synagogue. Yes,
4: I was just about to. And we know.
3: almost lost that completely uh, because they were doing renovations.
4: And, and and Brian, that was that was right that was right at the uh, the high holidays, if you remember. Yes, yes, yeah.
3: and. Uh, Our wonderful rabbi uh, was there yesterday from Central Synagogue and Rabbi Bechtel. Yes. And uh, she uh, also gave a beautiful gift on behalf of Central because she reminded us that the first one uh, there uh, at the fire was the cardinal. Yes, Uh, yes. And,
4: and offered offered space for uh, because because it was right before the high holidays. rush Hashanah. Exactly. I, I I was a reporter back then, and yeah. I I actually got one of the first people to tour the inside of the of the of the damaged synagogue. Uh, this is a major synagogue in New York City, and uh, it was it was heartbreaking, um, especially as you say, jo- uh, Joyce, timing. So right away the the, uh, the the cardinal stepped up and said we're going to try to find a space for you uh for you know hundreds of Jews to pray during uh the the Jewish New Year Rosh Hashanah um and Yom Kippur uh and it turned out I think in the end that uh the city uh, let let the uh, let the synagogue use the armory the big armory on
3: um oh yeah up in the 60s yeah
4: yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think I think that was transformed into a uh, a makeshift synagogue um which then harkens back of course to you know the the Israelites in the wilderness so <laughs> so, so right. some things repeat but yeah but Rabbi
3: Angela also uh, uh reminded us that there's a fire in a in a mosque uh in the 50s up uh not uh, in the streets the east side 50s and uh they have just had uh, two or three services muslim services in the beautiful uh, undercroft of Central Synagogue. They opened up their uh, home uh, to the Muslim community. So uh, these tragedies, if there's any uh, silver lining to them, is that the religious community as a whole has stood up and said, we will care for one another. We will make sure that each of us has a proper place to worship.
4: Beautiful, yes, and, and as you say, we have a lot, a lot more to go, but uh, we're certainly, I think it was Cardinal Casper said, uh, we're in the beginning of the beginning. Yes, yeah. yes, which brings us to uh, uh, not only Holy
3: Week, but also the beautiful uh, time of Passover, which has great meaning to us, too, because we, we think of, over in our tradition of the Passover from death to life. Uh, we're thinking of the great liberation of Moses, uh, bringing his people out of the slavery of Egypt to uh, the Promised Land, and uh, that's celebrated tonight. Uh, I am uh, in going to enjoy a Passover celebration, uh, but it's going to cause great sacrifice <laughs> uh, because it's going to be held. It's going to be held at the Lincoln Square steakhouse. Now I do like my steak uh, Eric.
4: Yeah. It is
3: Good Friday. So that means I'll be uh, gifted with some uh, probably salmon.
4: Salmon yeah. I'm not really, really safe, a fish
3: person but uh, it is what uh, I would not dream of missing this. Uh, the safe
4: healthy choice is the salmon. But yeah. it, Which brings up a a, uh, a uh, what I would call a halakhic uh, uh, religious legal question if you can't eat meat on friday is it just good friday or is it still every friday at this point well it is, the way that it
3: reads is there's a, a couple of uh, different realities the reality is we should still not be eating meat on friday however if we wish to dispense ourselves from that so we could eat meat yeah we can do a work of charity, or do some extra uh, spiritual prayer, or something like that. So, in other words, we can substitute for it. On Good Friday, there is no
4: substitute. Uh-huh. And, uh And 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 what time? And is the in terms of timing? So you're saying it's Friday, but you, it's actually Friday night. If if uh, at, at midnight, would you be able to eat that steak like at twelve one? Yes,
3: at midnight.
4: So, why I was awake. so here's, my, here's my suggestion. My suggestion is you order the, you, you have the salmon at the meal, but also order the steak. And at 12.01, <laughs> take a couple of bites.
3: Well, let me tell you a, a, a story that I will always appreciate about my mom and dad. Yep. Um, we would go shopping in the Grand Union, and my mother would be buying, you know, for the week. But she also bought a lot of cold cuts. Uh, She would uh, potato chips and uh, soda, and we knew that we would never see that because at midnight they would stay up as a couple, my mom and dad. Yeah. And and spend time together alone, and then they would eat after midnight. They would have a, a a sandwich or something like that, and that was their special time. And I think because. They did that. It made us a stronger uh, family. Yeah. Because they had their very very special time where she, they were not worrying about the three of
4: us kids. Yeah. But uh, this was their uh, moment. And that you know that, that's that's a beautiful story and that raises the how special these these um these holidays are and the traditions that we hand down from generation to generation. I'm I'm right here in the thick of uh boxes of my mother's Passover uh, dishes, right. which I inherited. <laughs> and she inherited it from her mother. So a lot of these dishes, uh, and, and Joyce, you'd love this, because they're, they're sort of this green ceramic uh, uh, cups and plates. It's a, I don't see anything like it today. Um, and I preserve them. I put them in a box, and every year I, I, I go down and bring them back up into the house and clean them off. And this is now I don't know 70 years of of, of the same Passover dishes that you know I will pass down to the next generation. And it it's, it's just a wonderful you know besides the besides the religious uh, aspects of what we do, but there's also the maybe uh, as you said before, Brian, the, the cultural, the family values that we we pass down of what right. of of what we've been doing in our in our own families and the customs it's just it's just a really a wonderful thing to do
3: and we can see that
4: even in the playing
3: out of the seder meal you know how important tradition is and making sure that we remember i, I think that's an aspect in all of our religious traditions the idea of remembrance
4: Oh absolutely in, in in the Haggadah the the uh, the, the book that um, uh, basically we read we read from and and direct our evening of instructions of how to do the Passover Seder we are commanded to uh, God says you shall teach your children mm. about these things about that you and it's not just remembering Brian, but also we we sit around the Seder table and we're supposed to uh, feel like God is bringing us out of slavery as well.
3: Yes. yes. So
4: it's a personal experience, and a, you know, as you know, uh, how important that is um, to to feel it for yourself. The 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 the, um, the actual. It's not just sort of studying a book, but it's actually feeling like you were there and you were in Egypt, and God is bringing you out and ex- trying to experience it yourself.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: I especially love the connectivity, interfaith connectivity. I always appreciate that. Cardinal Dolan was on a few talk shows this week, and I was listening to him intently. He's such a great speaker. And the thought that came to mind is I just wish more people of one religion would listen to and appreciate people from the other religion, Cause they have so much to offer we have so much to offer each other. so that's why I love that you're both so connected to interfaith endeavors.
3: right and, and that that's the important thing is it's, it's uh, we pray together thanks be to God uh, we talk together thanks be to God but we also act together and that's yep. the most important. Uh, I both uh, Eric and I, work with different organizations who are concerned about a religion in the Middle East and how there are some of our brothers and sisters who are not free to experience their religious uh, life. Uh, we, they all dealt with ISIS and uh, so many other uh, terrorists, you know, seeking to uh, obliterate as if uh, they could, the Christian or Jewish or even Muslim traditions.
4: Yeah, you know, one of, one of the most moving, uh, absolutely one of the most moving moments of, I think, the last couple of years, uh, Brian, you'll remember that when there was a, a terrible tragedy um, uh, involving the, the in a, in a Coptic church when uh, the, there were terrorists came in and, and, and killed uh, Coptics while they were praying. And I think it was... That's right. Christmas um, uh, or Christmas Eve, and and the Cardinal and Rabbi Patasnik led a delegation uh, to uh, to the, uh, uh, the consulate, the consulate, the Egyptian yeah. consulate. And what a powerful moment when there's, it's captured in this wonderful photo uh, that we're all in, uh, standing there together, uh, Copts and, and and Catholics and Jews and and, and Muslims, and it just uh just what an amazing uh, uh pr- picture of how we we can and should and need to stand together against these forces that that are that are um uh misusing and abusing uh religion for their own terrorist uh intent
3: yes and uh and that's why you know again as joyce says this part of the year is so important uh in our own communities as well to make sure that we realize and embrace the values of our parents and and grandparents and and for generations Uh, because they are uh, traditions uh, of good uh, cooperation with one another and and love for one another we, you know, the the Catholics, we don't have a Seder, but we do have Easter dinner and things like that and, and Christmas dinners. And, uh, I always remember, uh, my favorite, uh, was coming home from the seminary because the seminary, you know, you're leaving that all male environment and everything to go back to family. Yeah. And we never knew, uh, in my house uh, who was going to be at the dinner table. Uh, my, uh, mother would bring over the organist who had nobody else who was an old person. Uh, she, she was old, but she probably was only about 50. But when we were kids, we thought 50 was old. <laughs> and, uh, and then Mr. and Mrs. Lappin would come in, he ran the uh, candy store. And uh, his son, Ira was my good friend. And uh, there was a daughter, There was uh, two children. And they would come in for Easter dinner with us and everything like that. And so uh, when people say, when did you begin your interreligious uh, interest? I have to say it was begun for me by my mom
4: and dad. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. So, now, where was this? Was this in the Bronx? Or is- this was in Inwood. In Inwood. Wow, okay. Yeah, you were either Irish or Jewish. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. There was nobody in between. Yeah. And uh in fact my nickname was Rabbi because the uh my Jewish friends didn't know what a seminarian was. Oh, so they used to call
4: me the Rabbi Rabbi, That's a, so it's similarly with me. That's very interesting. So in Brooklyn, my next door neighbors were the Porzio's, this uh, good Italian Catholic family and uh and Lucy, uh who was our next door neighbor, her sister was a nun. So yeah. she would frequently come by, and I would sit. I would be, a, you know, a little kid like like you like you were, and you know, she would tell stories and and talk to us about. And I was fascinated. And you know, she would. This was um, right about the time. So I was going to a yeshiva, but she would, you know, talk about. Well, you know, Jesus was was a rabbi, and 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 she would share, you know, that that sort of inter. Uh, relation kind of that uh, right. view that would be uh more acceptable to me than that I would understand yeah. and and that's where she taught you know me about in interfaith relations she wasn't scared of of, of being you know uh, uh talking about her catholicism with with a, a young jewish boy, yeah. and uh, she taught me that i shouldn't be scared about talking about uh, my jewish stuff with with a nun
3: <laughs> well my dad uh was a bond bread salesman. He sold bond bread. Uh And Mr. Lappin used to own a grocery store in Brooklyn. And my father used to serve that, that store. And so we knew all the Jewish holidays as kids because my father worked on a commission. Uh. So, so if it was going to be Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, it was not going to be a good week. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's funny <laughs>
3: That
2: is funny i like it. you both could Take a couple of minutes uh, I, It's very interesting Your stories and what's going on now But for our listeners Around the world A little bit about the significance Of Passover, Good Friday and Easter How they're the same And how they differ How they connect to one another
3: well, I think they certainly connect in terms of uh, our understanding of the Book of Exodus and Deuteronomy. Uh, we try to uh, maintain a unity in terms of date with uh, Passover and uh, with Easter. Uh, please don't ask me to explain how that's done, because I just I just look at the calendar to find out when Easter <laughs> is and what but uh, there is a uh, relationship there. And, of course, as I've said to many of my Jewish brothers and sisters, when we offer the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, uh, two of the prayers are taken from uh, the Seder. We have a blessing of the bread and a blessing of the wine. And uh, that is directly at, at our Mass uh, a uh, an homage if you would say yeah uh, to our jewish roots yeah okay. well
4: i mean here's that that's you know I, i'm i'm not, if, if you're not going to try to explain the dating uh, I, i'm i'm not going to either but it's it's <laughs> because it is uh, dealing with the lunar calendar and the right. solar calendar and uh, at some point the church decided to make um uh the uh, easter on a sunday um uh, and I'm just trying to think if uh, set Sunday as as the day of Easter rather than rather than you know moving it along with the the lunar calendar, which would be obviously different. But it's a whole complicated uh, uh, calendar e- equation. Uh, and I think that's it's it's after the first full moon at the end of March is when Easter occurs. So it could be as early as uh, March 22nd. Or as late as April 25th. I think. Do I have that right? Um, yes, Father. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So you have a wide range of when Easter can be, but it has to be on a Sunday, as opposed to Passover, which is uh, done according to the lunar calendar, and so can be, you know, on a start on any day of the week. And so this year it happens to be on a um, the Hebrew day of uh, the 14th of Nisan, and N-I-S-A-N, um, happens to be on a Friday. Right, uh, which complicates things for Jews because then Friday night also starts the Sabbath, so it's sort of a double, double religious uh, experience uh, for for Jews this year uh, because it's both Passover and the Sabbath. That's what we run into. I listen, uh, we That's what I we run
2: into it a bit also, and the date of the celebration of Passover is not the same every year because the date depends on the moon's multiple phases. And that's what I
4: found out. Right, yes. yes. Well, no, it's the same. It's the same. The, the date is the 14th of Nisan The the Hebrew. That's the Hebrew date. But in it, but that moves around because we it's according to a lunar calendar. So the day right, of the week. That's in why. Other it's words,
2: complicated.
4: The, yeah. That's why it's complicated. But you know, even but more important than that, I mean, as as, as Father Brian was saying, uh, if you remember, I mean, here's why. How is it connected? It's connected at the hip. Uh, so to speak because here is Jesus uh a Jew uh with all his uh, uh apostles who are Jews coming into Jerusalem um to why is he there well he's there i, I believe to celebrate the passover absolutely you know so <laughs> so it's it's you know there's there's that connection he's there for the passover which was one of the 3 uh, pilgrimage festivals that the uh, ancient Jewish community would celebrate. Uh, they would come to to Jerusalem, and, uh, you know, in those days there were sacrifices, and they would sacrifice the animals. Uh, uh, and, and by the way, sacrificing is, is um, uh, misunderstood a lot. It's, that would be the meal so they would eat it it would not be just like it was sacrificing it and and just for no, you know for no there would be no benefit for anyone um but then here is he, and he's welcomed in, welcomed into Jerusalem by supporters uh Jews of course um who are waving palm fronds right palm leaves i guess and that was last sunday and and the connection then of palm uh palm leaves Jews to this day, also use palm leaves on the holiday of Sukkot. Yes, um, as as part of the ritual. So there there's so many intertwined. You know, uh, it's it's really a, a strong connection between these two uh, these two um, the holidays. Um, and I was going to ask uh, the father about uh, so Good Friday. Of course, uh, I, I, I never uh, quite. Uh, was comfortable in saying like happy Good Friday. How do you sa- give a salutation on Good Friday? What what does one wish a a um, uh, a Catholic on on a day like today? Well, we
3: we uh, I don't think you do that for Yom Kippur either. Right? Correct. <laughs> right. And, and so it would be uh, uh, similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, in our uh, theology, we say we say Felix Kupa Uh, oh happy fault and what that meant was that if Adam had not failed in preserving uh, God's presence uh, Jesus would never have had to come right and so it's a happy fault that we are uh, in the presence of a God made man of course that's real Christian theology Right, which uh, you know our, our brothers and sisters uh, share in to a degree, but not entirely. For example, the Muslims look upon Jesus uh, as a great prophet, but not the greatest prophet.
4: Right, 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 right. Um, but here, I mean, it, it fascinatingly. So Jesus comes in, uh, and and of course the story is, is riding on a donkey, correct? Yes, being welcomed by this this throng of of supporters and and people who want to um, uh, see him and and uh, he's he's got quite a reputation going around preaching around the the region I believe, um, and it's just you know uh, and it's all at that time a, a Jewish event. Yes. Yeah. And and, and
3: we look at uh, that uh, Christians look at that. Wonderful celebration on Palm Sunday as sort of a fulfillment of the prophets of Isaiah and Jeremiah. So again, that uh, Christian Jewish link.
4: Right, right. The, the the biblical prophets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in terms of in terms of the Seder, uh, so I know scholars you know have disagreed over the centuries uh, over what the Last Supper, what kind of meal that was. The last sort of scholarly reviews uh uh papers I've read, you know, fairly recently. It seems like I, and I think uh John uh, uh in in the book of John, the uh, Gospel of John, um it's tends to it's it's not actually uh the Passover meal, it's it's sort of the eve of Passover. Is there any um it, it, what, what's your thinking on that or how how should we understand that? I I I I would think that uh both
3: interpretations have their supporters within the church as well. Yeah. Uh, John's gospel is very different. In the other three gospels, as you know, Eric, uh, they talk about uh, the institution of the Eucharist. This is my body. This is my blood. Right. But in John, uh, John focuses on uh, what the Christian must be about when he washes the feet of the disciples and that of course is a ceremony that we had last night with Cardinal Dolan when he uh, washed the feet of uh, uh, six women and one man and reminding and then Jesus was reminding his disciples as I have done for you so you must do for one another. Right. In other words the charity uh, that uh, I wish uh, to share with you must be shared if you're going to be an authentic disciple, must be shared uh, with uh, all those you meet.
4: Beautiful. And, I just and want to course, say
2: it was funny right. that you brought up about the salutation on Good Friday because we discussed it. My friends and I just this week you don't say to someone Happy Good Friday; it's Happy Easter. So for Good Friday, I, I would usually say blessings, but there's no particular salutation. Is that right? Just like we don't say Happy Young Tipper, we say Happy New Year.
4: Right. Right, we say Happy New Year on 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 the Jewish New Year on Rosh Hashanah, but on on um, on Yom Kippur, what uh, Jews uh, traditionally say is, "May you be inscribed in the Book of Life."
2: Wow, ah, yeah.
3: that's nice.
4: So you know, because uh, it, uh, the, the theologically and traditionally, it's God is judging us on on this day and um you know we're we're in the in synagogue praying uh for most of the day and fasting and uh so the 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 hope is that we will be uh written and um uh, sealed into the into the book of life.
2: You handle the connectivity of the holidays very well. What would you say is the major difference, the major distinction between the holidays of the different faiths?
3: Well, I think for uh, both of us, the major difference is um, we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ, and that is uniquely a, a Christian doctrine. Uh, but uh, in every, every other way, uh, we're, we're celebrating together because, as I said before, Uh, We remember that the powerful liberation of the Jewish community from the Pharaoh to the freedom of the promised land in fulfillment, basically, of the prophecy given to Abraham. But uh, with us, as Christians, we focus more on that uh, translation from death
4: to life. Right. Right. Right, and you know, and as, and I, as I brought up before, also, the, you know, it's, it's more for, for Jews. It's it's um, it's a commemoration, a, a remembrance, uh, a celebration, a feast, but also uh, the added, a very important part of that. You are uh, um, required to 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 um, believe that you were also brought out. You, yes. this soul, in two thousand nineteen, were were. Uh, were Also in Egypt, and also brought out. And you know, the great thing about a seder is that uh, the seder throughout the centuries is a fluid kind of uh, of feast, a fluid kind of uh, uh, ritual uh, or set of rituals. And and it's things have been added on over the years. uh, You know, by uh, either we call them either more liberal or progressive or you know, uh, different communities to add, say, an item to the seder table to the Seder plate um, uh, in order to um, bring up something that's happening in in our day so this morning I was reading something very interesting, do do you all know about the orange, that uh, some some, uh, uh, communities uh, put an orange on their Seder plate now, which is a a, a very new kind of uh, uh, thinking Is, is anybody familiar with that? No, what would be the no, I like heard that? Around? So the orange. So it's actually so um, the the uh, the late great uh, Jewish theologian Rabbi uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel. Um, I used to go to uh, uh, their. Um, he had passed away years back, but um, I was friendly with his wife and daughter. So I used to go to their seder, and uh, the daughter, Susanna, Professor Susanna Heschel, uh, at Dartmouth, who is a, a brilliant scholar. Um, uh, instituted or, or recommended that uh, to, for inclusion of women, uh, she was getting fed up of the idea of women being excluded from some of the rituals. Uh, so the idea that women are also uh, not only did, <laughs> did they traditionally make all the food, right, and prepare everything, uh, but they need to be also their their voice needs to be heard as well. Uh, so there's two fairly new. Um, rituals of putting an orange for inclusion that everyone, all Jews of all stripes and, and, and backgrounds uh, need to be uh, heard and understood and, and welcomed to the Seder table. So that's basically the orange. And then there's a cup of Miriam. You, the cup of Elijah is a traditional cup. Uh, the a cup is filled with wine. And put in the the middle of the table uh, to uh, as a um, uh, invitation for Elijah uh, to to come. And Elijah, of course, is the uh, in Jewish history and and theology, uh, is the messenger for the Messiah. So by having that cup, that's another sort of point of connection, Brian, that we're waiting for the, uh, as the old joke goes, you know, we're waiting for the Messiah, is this his first or second time?
2: And we leave the (laughs) door open during the seder for Elijah. We leave the door open. Well, in some neighborhoods, yes. In other
3: neighborhoods,
2: (laughs) (laughs) neighborhoods, you
4: might not want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, good point. But uh, so so there's a cup of Elijah, but... But now there's a cup of uh, that many people or some people do a cup for Miriam, uh, Miriam of course being the sister of uh, Moses and Aaron, who is equally instrumental in the in the uh, in the Exodus story. And uh, there's, there are those who say, well, she needs to be represented as well. So all all to say that that I, I love the idea that that the the, the seder not only sticks tra- to tradition but also is. Flexible enough to include new Kind of thinking and new, new Ideas
2: And folks now would be a moment that I want To share with you to, that we want to Represent our other shows as Well and let you know that every Day we bring you the best topics The best guests for you To make a difference have a difference In your life gain some Understanding and hear in the Very wise words of our official Health guru is why you Should be listening
0: Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day. A way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated. And her guests, from many walks of life, will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really, a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce Barry and Friends the number one Internet radio show.
2: And, folks, we do ask that you partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and com. And on the home page on the upper left is my picture, and right under that, you click on follow, and you will be apprised of every show, every guest, every topic. You need not miss any show, because when you can't be with us at 11 Eastern, know that we have over eight years of our shows archived. We've never taken out a show. So simply by going to the archives, you can click on them. Uh, Their last date on top, just go down, see what you resonate with, click on it. You can download it. You could share it. You could let other people know. And the best part of the homepage on the upper right is the search bar. So if you type in Father Brian, B-R-I-A-N McQueenie, M-C-W-E-E-N-E-Y, all of Father Brian's show will come up. If you type in Rabbi Eric, E-R-I-C, Greenberg, G-R-E-E-N-B-E-R-G, all Rabbi Eric's shows will come up. You simply that know that they're a click away. Also, you can search by topic if you put in Passover. All our Passover shows will come up Easter, Good Friday. So there are two ways you can search, by the guest or by the topic. So please do that. And while you're at it, do follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. All our shows are posted on Facebook and Twitter as well as another way for people to know about us. So absolutely become a follower. We very much value our listeners and the thousands of people that choose to follow us so they don't want to miss any show. Okay, back to you. Uh, Rabbi Eric, let me go to you. Uh, You specifically asked to uh, connect with Father Brian. Why was that important to you?
4: Well, uh, for the for the real reason is because Brian seems to have a connection to the steakhouse, but uh, that, that maybe I can wangle that's uh <laughs> And if he can't eat, and even a better reason, he can't eat the steak, so I can actually then have uh, you know a double portion, which which uh, that's a that's a. That's a theological. Anyway all right, I asked um, you
2: to, uh, that question because so many people have such high regard for Father Brian. I <laughs> wanted you to represent oh, them gonna, and say why you do
4: oh i well absolutely uh so I have uh, in my years of working you know in the interfaith world um it, it, it's a rare uh opportunity to to uh partner with with the Father Brian who is uh, uh savvy uh, uh smart, funny. Uh, knows his stuff. Knows knows his, he's been a, he's been around a block <laughs> or two, uh, but also so dedicated to to this work. Um, and you know we're in, we're living in a time now that that um, uh, it's over, almost overwhelming. I mean, we, we talked about Notre Dame, which which of course was an accident, but the incidents around the world. Uh, uh, humanity, it seems, uh, democracy, the, the things, religious freedom, are We're all kind of under under attack to a certain extent. And I, I always um, uh, look for for people who I know I can count on, who who want to do the right thing and stand up for uh, you know for morality, stand up for the for for justice and good and humanity. And and Father Brian is one of the heroes of that. So it's it's always a, an honor and a privilege to to be on any in any place or in any stage with him.
2: And well, Father Brian, I Eric. know I know you have the utmost regard for Rabbi Eric and Rabbi Joe. Why is interfaith important to you, rather than just focusing on your own? I know how connected you are to the rabbis.
3: Well, I, I would have to say, I'm connected more to the community to the Jewish community because I really feel a rich debt theologically with the Jewish community because that's our roots as John Paul II now Saint said that the Jewish community are our older brothers and I'll make it more inclusive, older brothers and sisters. And I feel that when I am with a, a, a Jewish brother or sister, I'm being enriched with our tradition, with our theological essence. But when it comes to rabbi Eric and rabbi Joe and, and, uh, Rabbi Schneier and and so many others, and Rabbi Skorka, the good friend of of Mm. Pope Francis, that uh, we have men who uh, shine forth the light of God. Uh, They are following the rich tradition of Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah, and I admire so much their ministry. And... Rabbi Joe and Rabbi Eric, you can't avoid in New York <laughs> because they are at everything where the community is needed. They're at every meeting. They, they, they love the people, not just of their own uh, perhaps religious community, uh, synagogue or center, but the whole community of New York. And they're always there, and they never tire. And uh, I respect both of them so very much.
2: And I'm so very grateful to have you support my show. Um, I'm just moving along faster. We only have a few minutes left. Rabbi Eric, talk a bit about your new baby, Synagogue uh, Synagogue Connect. So just share a bit about that, because I think that's an awesome project you took on.
4: Well, thanks. Uh, I'll just I'll just do a quick because we're a little we're, we we'll be able to do this more as as the as the high holidays come up. But it's it's a a worldwide project. I don't know if you know about this, Brian, but there's um, uh, basically the two the two founding rabbis, Rabbi uh, Charlie, Charles Klein and Rabbi uh, Ronald Brown. Uh, they decided to uh, try to uh, uh, start a project that would. Uh, provide information to uh, college students and post-college students uh, if they find themselves in a new city, they just graduated, they don't know anybody, they don't have a synagogue, to to have a a, um, uh, data uh, and, and be able to to easily find a synagogue, by the way, of any denomination they can choose. Uh, of, of the several um, in, in, in the Jewish uh, community—Orthodox, uh, Reform, Conservative, whatever they—they're looking for. So they started this a couple of years ago, and particularly we're starting with with the, the High Holidays, which is you know certainly a, a important part of uh, the Jewish year. Uh, some would say the most important part. Um, and uh, a couple of years later, today we have more than a thousand synagogues have signed up or affiliated uh, with Synagogue Connect. And, of course, it's synagogueconnect.org. And uh, we've expanded it to um, uh, folks who are uh, uh, even a little younger than, than graduate students. Uh, the next step is high school students, if they want. Um, and we have um, synagogues signed up uh, from uh, around the world. Uh, and we've partnered with the, um, uh, a group called Cajal, which is in Europe, uh, and if you are a Jewish student in in uh, London or Paris or wherever, and you are looking for a synagogue uh, to to uh, partner up with to attend services and find a community, uh, you go to Synagogue Connect and you'll you'll find one. So um,
2: and it's my understanding that you don't charge for any tickets for the ho- High Holy Days. Right, right. So You're so are all these... to come in free.
4: Correct. So these these uh, uh, more than a thousand synagogues have agreed you know the uh, high holiday seats uh are is is the main way uh you know paying for them charging for them is one of the main ways uh synagogues are able to raise money to stay in business and as you know father. <laughs> It takes money to stay in business these days
1: Absolutely. And, and to
4: keep our doors open, so to keep the, the air conditioner and the lights and the boiler running. Uh, so that's uh, one of the main ways that synagogues are able to do that. Uh, it's it's the another version of passing around the plate, I guess. Um, uh, so... Uh, but but for these for this purpose, the, the they are agreeing to to uh, waive the, any any ticket pro, charge and let these uh, let these young people come in. So as we get closer to um, as we get closer to the to the high holidays, uh, uh, Joyce, we could talk more about it. Uh, we were going to absolutely yeah. So thank you.
2: So folks, that's synagogueconnect.org. I Correct. I think it's awesome and what it offers. So uh, you, you just. Click on that, and you'll be able to locate one near you. I never have either of you on the show without ending asking you for your message and a prayer. So, Father Brian, what what is your message to our listening audience?
3: Okay, I I would like to give a message to Eric first, and to you, Joyce. (laughs) Eric brought up something which is very close to my heart, and that is our young people and the passing on of religious tradition. Perhaps Eric, you and I can uh, spend some time with Joyce, not uh, in a too distant future, and discuss about the relationship of young people with religion.
4: Absolutely, that would
3: be great. That would be something I would like to do with you and with Joyce. I would
2: love to do. Great, Brian, Thank thank you.
3: Yeah, and, and let me just uh, close with a prayer for all of you. And Wait,
2: one second, Brian. What is your message to our listeners worldwide? What message during these high holy days would you give them? And then I'd love to hear your personal prayer.
3: Okay. My, my message would be to be faithful to your tradition. If you have been lax in terms of your observ- observance, observance of the faith, to which you belong, maybe make this new springtime, this time of, of great growth, be a part of your conscious conscience and maybe become a better Jew, a better Catholic, a better Christian, a better Muslim, because a better religious person makes the world better.
2: Thank you for that. I yeah. want to hear prayer.
3: Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings of this holy season, a season most precious as we recall the deliverance of your people from Egypt, as we recall your deliverance of all of us from the pain of death. Help us, encourage us, strengthen us, that we might be better people for all of our brothers and sisters, and might be more powerful advocates for our creation, which is of your making. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for giving us the state of be with us. I am really, really grateful. On behalf of my listeners, we're very, very appreciative. Rabbi Harris, what is your message for our folks?
4: Well, on on this this year when when Good Friday and uh, uh, Passover begin. Uh, on the same day. Uh, we Jews are preparing to uh, symbolically go forth from Egypt, uh, and of course in 50 days from now to uh, celebrate the receiving of the, of the Torah of God's commandments at Mount Sinai. At the same time today Christians are preparing for Easter and the good news of the resurrection. So uh, let us appreciate the saving grace in both of our faith traditions, because we're both blessed and uh, by God in ways that we not yet can fully fathom.
2: Wonderful. Thank you for that. And
4: what is your prayer? My prayer, so my, uh, may the Almighty help us forge an alliance of all believers to preserve the true image of God as cosmic Savior in a time when this image is being desecrated around the world by some Christians, Jews, Muslims, and others, we will stand forth and stand up.
2: Amen. Amen. So, again, thank you so much. And my message to all of you folks is have a really happy, healthy, wonderful, and blessed holiday, whatever your faith. Uh, We invite you to do random acts of kindness. Pay it forward. Pay it backwards. Make someone happy today. Go out of your way to do the right thing, to do the good thing, so we can all make a, for a better world one person and one positive action at a time. We also invite you to, to join us in song and in dance, and you can do that right now and laugh along with us as well. Thank you so much for sharing this awesome holiday with us, and may you be blessed and just enjoy the holidays in really good health and prosperity. Thank you right. for listening.
4: Happy Easter, Brian. Same to you, Eric. Eric,
1: I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop I heard a voice It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired.